Hey everyone, welcome to the 45th episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast. From everyone at Epilogue, we hope you enjoyed your week. My name is Ben Ballmer, and this week I'm joined, as always, by Marcos Carmona and Dakota Trammell. We also have Blake Guthrie on as a guest. How you doing, Blake? I'm doing well. I'm doing better now that we had our gag about Funyuns before the podcast. Yeah, which you can find on our blooper episode later this month. <laughs> That'll assuredly make it to the blooper reel. Uh, Dakota, how are you doing this week? Um, slightly worse without a Funyun. Oh, Marcos. I'm doing good, man. So why don't we just open it up with what you guys have been playing over the course of the last week? We'll start with Blake since he's our guest. Uh, oh man, anything interesting? I I just finally wrapped up my uh, first playthrough of the new God of War from last year. Oh yeah, um, I actually took it all the way through to the end of the Valkyries, um, and that was really satisfying. It's unlike me to do something difficult like that. Um, but it gave you a taste of what that's like. I okay. saw you. I saw yes. you playing that game, and you were yeah, that was a big deal. You taking it, down the Valkyries. It was addicting. I, I've been playing a bunch of other stuff off stream. Like I'm still doing some Breath of the Wild stuff off stream and blah blah blah. I just started Owlboy though. That's what I'm currently working on. Oh my god! Like when that? I saw you start streaming Owlboy, I was so mad because I was like, "God damn it! I love this <laughs> game." <laughs> it wasn't Owlboy. Sort of like it, it got mixed reviews, uh, if I remember correctly. The movement or something was a little clunky. Or am I making that up? I. Uh- don't never pay attention to the reviews. <laughs> you never paid attention. What I remember you, that being a thing. Okay. What What do you uh, say, Blake? Is the movement clunky? I'm gonna give it like a sideways thumbs up. It's like it's good, but it's not. It's not perfect. Okay. It's a great game, though. It's good. a really good game. Glad you're enjoying it, Marcus. What really about made you? me cry. Uh, I've been playing Undernight in Birth latest, and Don't Make Cry Five. Yes, we're going to talk about that later. So we'll hold off on Devil May Cry talk uh, for now, at least. Dakota, what about you? The Sims. Nice. We're finally away from Persona. You just ditched it. You said on the podcast last week you were ditching Persona 5 and you meant it. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Sims. Good. I've, I've built all of us epiloggers at Little House. Sims, Sims 4, right? Yeah, and we're I'm I'm in the process of decorating it. So far, we've got Artie's room decorated. Nice, good stuff. Uh, I have not played anything this week. I literally have not touched a video game in a week. I does that sound incredible? Because I I don't remember the last time that was the case for me. But I haven't touched a video game for a week. When was the last time the three of you didn't touch a video game for an entire week? I'm surprised you didn't bring your Switch, man. That's I did. Like I didn't use it. I didn't use it at all. I read a book. I read a book. I don't know how, what's wrong with me. How dare you reading books, Dan? What game. did you read? Uh, the uh, the Southern Reach trilogy, which is the Anni- you know Annihilation, the film. I yeah. I've been reading about that. Nice. Yeah. So um, I just I read through all the way through the first one. I'm like almost done with the second one. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's just Blake probably gets this too, but I I have a lot of reading to do every single week so i was on spring break last week and that opened the door for me to read something that wasn't liter, you know um academic literature so yes uh it was nice taking a little break from that we're actually gonna we're gonna talk a little bit of academic research later which we don't do too frequently on the podcast but uh so okay i i do want to address the elephant in the room last week we probably got close to 15 20 comments about our boss episode which is great 
a lot of people were really, really mad with how we <laughs> defined a boss fight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So we we came up with a couple of different rules, one being that the boss had to be unique. And if I remember correctly, Marcos said that he disagreed with this. He didn't. I feel re- like... I, yeah, I don't. I don't think that's right. So a lot of people brought up things like Final Fantasy, which have you you sort of fight the same boss. It's like a reoccurring thing over the course of the game and you fight it more than once. And that doesn't make it not a boss fight, which is understandable. I get that. Uh, And there's just a lot of even about my Super Mario 64 Bowser comment, which was, well, technically you're kind of fighting Bowser the same the same Bowser three times, which you do. But it's slightly different each time, which I still think quantifies that as being unique. Even if it's slightly different, that means it's not the same. So I I don't know. I, I think there's a lot to to get into here, but I do want to establish that we just do our best. <laughs> like, <laughs> of course, of course, there are exceptions to our rules. Um, that will be the case with every single goofy rule that we have on, on the podcast. Every time we, like, set up these boundaries, there's going to be some exception. And, of course... That's just how we defined boss fights, not necessarily uh, about what boss fights are for everybody. I think it's a tricky thing. And honestly, Marcos and Dakota, I don't know if you feel differently, but if going back, I think what I would do is we had like six or seven parameters. I I think I would have said instead of it has to be this parameter, it would have to be like five out of the seven parameters. So like, I think that's about right. Yeah, like it has to have unique music or it has to be a unique boss fight or it has to have an arena or, you know what I mean? Something that establishes it as a boss fight. So I do kind of wish going back after reading a lot of the the comments from last week that that's something we had done. But I just wanted to, you know, bring that up. I also said Miyazaki when I met Miyamoto, which (laughs) was something that upset a lot of people. That's okay. I understand. Um, Miyazaki obviously being the uh studio ghibli or if you're a dark souls fan uh miyazaki um but miyamoto is from the nintendo so um let's get into some uh games this week we're gonna go ahead we're gonna talk about the score real quick marcos is at 13 dakota's at 11 i'm at 10 i do i again not to just address every single controversy we've had on the podcast, <laughs> but there was a lot of thoughts about Alf. People were upset <laughs> with me. <laughs> they I was should kind be. of upset. They really people, should be. People were upset. They said Alf is not a protagonist. And I said beforehand that it was all protagonists or villains for last week. You're right. Probably on some level, Alf is not the protagonist of, of Pikmin. He is a playable character. I felt like that was enough to give me uh, and out there, I don't know. I, listen, I, I I think we're gonna we're gonna keep the point for me. No, <laughs> because no, I'm no, already no, no, last no. place. It's I'm okay. already in last place. Alf is no, the no, antagonist no. of the podcast, so there you go. Oh, okay. The, the people are mad. Me and Marcos are mad. So you take your point away. Not right now, Mister. Winning. Honestly. This week, Blake is gonna take over for me, so it doesn't matter if you guys all get them wrong or not. Uh, Blake is assuming my point total, so good luck to Blake. I've slipped the answers in a uh, folded note, and you should get it within the next couple of seconds. I believe it. Yeah. Okay. Let's. Uh, this is name my game. If you weren't here last week, this is from our Patreon member, Sell You Her. Uh, the host will give out a name of a character from a game. 
<laughs> that was so perfectly timed. I'm keeping that. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, that was a reminder that my uh, something came in the mail. Uh, All right. I'll just mute my... uh... I need to turn my podcast alarm off. Whoops. Your podcast alarm? You have a podcast alarm? Yeah. 3 p.m. podcast time. Okay. That's when we usually record. All right. So let's let's roll back the rules here just a second. Uh, The host will give out the name of a character from a video game. The host is me. I don't know why I refer to myself. (laughs) I will give out the name of a character of a video game. The contestants being Blake, Dakota, and Marcos will have two guesses to get the correct game. If you guys don't guess correctly, then nobody earns a point. Sound fair? Yeah. yeah. Enough. All right. Let's do it. Okay, so the first one. I, I do want to establish that this there is one exception to it being a protagonist or villain, but the rest are either protagonists or antagonists. So still mostly main characters, but there's one exception to that rule. Okay. The first one, we'll start with Blake because he is the guest. No, oh, no. Booker no, DeWitt. Uh, Bioshock Infinite. Dakota, what do you think? Bi- that Bioshock Infinite. Marcos. Yeah, Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, three points all around. Okay, nice job. Let's go with the next one. I'm going to save Blake for last here because this might be a little tougher for the other two. Marcos, you're going to kick us off. Lee yeah. Everett. Lee Everett, that's uh, The Walking Dead Telltale. Or how does the title go? Telltale the That's Walking fine, Dead? that's fine. Dakota, what do you think? Yeah, that one's The Walking Telltale Games. Dead. Okay, Blake? Telltale is The Walking Dead Season 1. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the oh, did we get title. it wrong now? No, 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 no. Didn't no, no, get Season 1? No, 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 no. I just, I is think it I not in Season 2? Have you not played? Nope. No, I don't, I don't wow. like Telltale Spoiler games, alert so. for... Not a fan. Not a fan of those games. Go listen to the Ludo Narrative episode on Walking I have. Dead. I've I cried. almost all of them. Yeah, it's fantastic. All right, we're going to start with Dakota here. Sephiroth. Isn't he from Final Fantasy? Oh, no, that's yeah. a Kingdom Hearts guy. Right? Final Fantasy Maybe. or Kingdom Hearts? Uh, uh, uh. Final Fantasy. Okay, Marcos. Final Fantasy Seven. Blake. Isn't he both Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts? But he is. Def- definitely Final Fantasy. Okay, which one in particular? Well, I'm trusting him with Seven here. <laughs> okay, so answer. wait, do yeah. I get a point? I'll give you a point. I do want to. I do want to say that one of the rules that Sell You Her had set up is if the contestant doesn't guess the fran actually this may have been something i added if the contestant guesses the franchise but not the game it's worth half a point but i'm gonna give you a full point because i didn't establish that today so how dare you give me an extra point all right so they all get a point they both get half point for the walking dead answer because i was precise okay so this is (laughs) i agree with this we're getting things are getting a little tougher here um who i i started with dakota last time so i'll start with blake this time francis york morgan oh good god I have no clue. Um, I don't even know how to guess for this one. <laughs> uh, this is tough. I I don't know. What do I do if I don't know? Just take a loss. Yeah, just take a okay. loss. Take a loss. Marcos. Uh, Francis Bork Jorgen. <laughs> York Morgan. <laughs> York Morgan. Gosh. What's a what's a dumb game? What's that? Uh, 
Death Spank. <laughs> <Okay. right. laughs> Dakota. Isn't he a isn't he a meme the from the uh those premonition games? Dead, deadly premonition. Okay. Is that your He's final answer? <laughs> He, yeah, like, yeah. His face is it's, a meme. It, it's deadly premonition. What? Dakota gets what? a point. That is pretty impressive. Pretty Who impressive. the hell are you? A meme. A memester. Uh, all right, whatever. What is this game? Who is <laughs> Jorgen? I'm going to look this up. Deadly premonition is one of the few games that has ever gotten several ones and several tens on Metacritic. It is very, it's a what? very unique experience from what I've seen. Yeah, it's very, it's like, some people argue that it's purposefully bad and it masters like video game satire. Other people say that it's just really bad and that's it. <laughs> it's the room of video games. Oh, yeah, I get. Well, I, <laughs> does anybody really think Room was like purposefully satirical? I don't Is think Bork anybody. Is the Tommy Wiseau of video games? <laughs> Bork Jorgen. That's the title for the episode. Bjorgen. Bork Jorgen. Okay, so let's start with Dakota this time. Poo. What? Poo? Yep. How do you spell it? P-O-O? Or... Yep. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I don't know. Okay, Marcos? Yo, this is Winnie the Pooh's uh, Backyard Slam or something like that. Nope. No, because Poo like... is spelled P-O-O-H. That's why I <laughs> yeah. asked. What do you mean? I have no ben idea. I'm gonna go it. with P-O-O. like a. I'm gonna go with P-O-O. Us. Ben does God. not have a spell. It's uh. <laughs> it's P O O. Blake, take your guess. That's why I asked the spelling. Nonsense. Sorry, I feel cheated. The only thing I can think of is a South Park game. I'm just gonna say a South Park game. <laughs> a South Park game. It is none of those things. I'm gonna give you another chance. <laughs> Anybody want to take a quick guess? As what? Well, um, uh, a video uh, game about yep. crap? Nope. What? Okay, it's Earthbound. What? Yeah, it's a it's what? a side. Uh-huh. It's one of the one of the uh, it's one of the characters that g- travels around Ness in Earthbound. Yep. Oh. Never one of it. one of uh, I think three, four characters. Four. Um, that have you guys not played Earthbound? Nope. No. No. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's one of those ones that everybody says you have to play at some point. I've played it. I, I, I didn't. I didn't finish it, but it, it it was okay. It's super influential, but I can tell that I would not enjoy the grind of it, and people have told me that. Yeah, which is interesting because it is. You know, it's Undertale. A lot of people consider it as like the in the driving influence behind Undertale. So, um, yeah, it's it's fine. But the gameplay, I really really dislike, like very much. So, so everything else I like about it. Okay. Let's get into the news this week. I, I love I love when we have a new game announcement to talk about. And this isn't really a game announcement, but it's close. Master Chief Collection announced for the PC. I also want to take a second to shout out the Epilogue Gaming Podcast for saying this like four weeks ago before everybody else was <laughs> talking about it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we that's did. That's right. Yep. So and it wasn't like a, this was something I knew was going to happen, but it's it's one of those things that I think Microsoft was trying to keep under wraps until they could give it a bigger like showcase. And then people started reporting on it because inevitably, if I'm hearing about something then everybody else is hearing about it, too. OK, um, so yeah, the, what do we think here? Marcos, you're you're a Halo guy. Are you, yeah, are you I'm, excited? Uh, I'm really happy that this is a thing, though. I don't own a PC. 
so like that like it's cool that it's on like steam it's steam right or is it just yeah yeah it's so this was the other thing about the announcement i I guess i'll contextualize this a little bit announced for steam and the windows store i.e the the xbox one game pass so if you have xbox one game pass you'll get it for free they're also going to be releasing the games one by one and selling them separately which is really really interesting i don't know how that's going to go a lot of people have thought maybe they'll sell them for like a higher price than most people expected like what if the games are sold for 30 bucks a pop like that's probably too much um or people will just wait until they all come out at once or they're all out and i, I assume they'll sell some sort of package like a pass then, yeah I, I i would think so um and then the the other thing is that they're adding halo reach and mm. that's going to be the first game released Ooh. Which Ooh, is a I'm big really deal because that. that was not available on the Master Chief Collection yet. I got chills so. on that one. I love Halo Reach. Yeah, love very good. Halo Reach. So, Blake, I know you're a fellow Halo fan. Um, what do you think about this? You don't have an Xbox One. So this means potentially you could pick up Halo and play. So where did you get the impression that I was a Halo fan? I read something on your Twitter account that said you're a Halo. Okay, fan. I was hoping this would come up because that yeah. was Preston. That wasn't me. Oh, <laughs> that was Preston. I always forget that like it's a two man team on that Twitter account. So, so he he randomly tweeted yeah. with no uh, like otherwise context that like, hey, I'm a huge uh, Halo fan. This is awesome, and it got like a lot of engagement right. from the community. And I just left it there, and I was like, yep, people are gonna think I like Halo. I the yes. only <laughs> the only Halo game I own is Halo Reach. And I, I did enjoy that one. You it's played Call one, of man. Duty, though. Like, it, the, I, I just have a feeling, not to liken the two, because I think Halo is so much better. Than yeah, Call Halo is much better. But, like, if you can get into that kind of Twitch shooter, then I, I don't know. I feel like Halo is just a must. Like, it honestly, Blake is, narratively speaking, is probably the closest we get to, like, sci-fi perfection outside of Mass Effect on video mm-hmm. games. So it's also it's just so so good everything about it the world building the combat the chief man master the chief, chief, is the best. chief. He's the best so the I, music I, oh man i grew up watching friends play it i played it at like you know like sleepover like multiplayer yeah. nights and that sort of mm-hmm. thing but that's as close as i ever came and i i i'm not really very excited by the collection but i'm very excited for everyone else in the community who's stoked on it good Dakota, any interest in this? I, I know you're also... Am I the only Xbox... No, Marcos has an Xbox One as well. Yeah, we got a One X. Yeah. So, uh, any excitement in this regard, Dakota? Nope. No? Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Moving on. I don't well, play shooters. I don't own an Xbox. Never have, so... Yeah, but so, now it's on PC. Um, never played shooters. Yeah. Okay, I don't fair, play enough. Shooters. fair enough. Fair enough. So one of the things that I really like about this uh, is that with the Master Chief Collection should come some sort of forge mode, which is like a create your own level or create your own map. Um, and there's already like so Halo 5 custom games have already been on PC, which is like a little known thing. It doesn't work super well, but I'm just so excited for like crazy custom games. You can do things like turning off gravity, making the weapons do all sorts of weird things like putting vehicles wherever you want. You play baseball. Uh, I remember that yeah. being a big thing. Yep. And I am so excited to get my level 50, dude. I ever since a kid, I've been stuck at so Halo 2 I got up to a 48. Uh Halo 3 I got up to like a 48 and I I guess those are the only two with the the big 1 through 50 yeah. ranking system, but 
Man, dude, I just love Halo. I'm Not so excited by this. Yeah, I'm so excited. I never, uh, never got high in those rings. I always played a lot of local matches. Like, me and my friends would always go to, like, our one friend's house, and we would take our Xbox 360s and do the link cables, you know, that old school stuff. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. put it, plug them together, and you just, like, play in different parts of the room and just go go to town. Yeah, land, land tournaments were the best. I, oh, I miss man. those every day. Um, yeah, so Halo. So oh, I'm going to talk more about Halo later um, because I forgot to mention this. I, I It would really serve me well to mention to people that if you want, you can skip to the halfway point. We're talking about our favorite video games. So if you don't care about news or you're listening to this podcast in retrospect, just you can skip forward to that portion. We'll be talking about some of our favorite video games this this week. So, um, OK, so the next thing that I wanted to talk about, and this is of particular interest, I think, to most video game players. A study by Royal Society Open Science found no association between time spent playing violent video games and aggression amongst teens. This had an end size of 1,004, which is a sample size of 1,004, and uh, entailed self-provided reporting. So that meant that people sent in uh, their own surveys. So like they were asked questions, and then they reported on it. So a couple things here. 1,004 for a sample size is very large. That like that that is a sufficient sample size to say, okay, what we're looking at here probably is indicative of a larger truth. And two, the the other big thing that we we have here is that 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 was a common complaint about other research that had been done in regards to regression. All right, aggression, not regression. So, Blake, what do you make out of this? Um, is this a big deal? Is this something to you where you're like, oh, we already kind of figured this, or where do you stand? This to me functions as a kind of add it to the stack of already established literature moment where it's getting another round of press because it's a recent study. But to me, from everything else I've read, and I've thought a fair bit about this question, I've written about this as well. I, I have a firm conclusion already in mind. And so when I see a study like this, I'm just like, okay, yep. Another one to put in my pile of evidence and add it to the bookmark folder. So another thing that I, I do think is worth bringing up, to present both sides here is that there is research that exists that indicates the the opposite is true and that there are aggressive effects from violent video game play there's a lot of reasons for why people might see this including frustration so blake if you were to play dark souls for 10 minutes or whatever you might seem more aggressive physiologically when really that's just a manifestation of frustration right or if i were to play uh if I were to play Marcos in Street Fighter V, like I would probably feel frustrated, and that might manifest itself with like you know uh, a higher heart rate or something like that, which is what a lot of people like Anderson, um, who's I, I think he's at Ohio State. He does a lot of research in terms of aggression, and he is gung ho about the negative effects of video games. It just doesn't. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot more of an argument to be had here, and. I think I think for me this is kind of a stamp. I don't know. I, I like you said it, it. It could be one of those things where we just adding it to a larger library, but um, of you know for furthering the evidence that we thought we already knew. But I think there is more contention here than people want to believe. But it's nice to see such a large sample size again show that there is no real association. Dakota, what I, do you think? Oh, go ahead, Blake. I, I'm sorry. It's one final thought there is yeah. that the evidence I've read about video games and aggression and their causality, whether it's linked or not, 
seems to indicate that yes, there is a link with between video games and aggression only in the short term. Yes. And so that just as another distinction to make is that if you're talking about long term video game aggression, that's why I feel so confident and just carefully stacking it over in the library. Absolutely. Good distinction too. It's usually uh, the, I, I believe the Anderson and Bushman research is usually 10 minutes. So they test 10 minutes after, which seems unfair <laughs> and like they're fishing for results, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. Dakota, what do you think? Um, I'm somewhere in the same boat where it's like, this is real cool to have and it's really nice, but also people that believe what, what they do are going to keep believing it regardless. There's proven evidence showing eh, that's maybe not true. right. So. Yeah. Yeah, good point. I mean, there's no real evidence that shows that evidence will stop people from believing uh, anything in particular. I, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to function in the larger scheme of things. Probably not so much. You kind of have to seek this information out. Like it gets passed amongst people who play video games. I don't know that we'll see it on the front of the New York Times or anything like that, unfortunately. But uh, Marcos, any further thoughts? No, you pretty much said it all. I mean. This is great to like have, but it needs. I think we would need this to be more public and uh, more uh, profound. Sure. Okay, so let's move on to. I, I'm still a little disappointed by this, but EA is skipping on their press conference for E3. It's a good decision. E3 always gets blasted. They people hate E3. Uh, EA's E3 press conferences. Uh, they are taking on sort of like a digital video style, which probably is going to be closer to a Nintendo Direct, where they'll showcase some new games. This seems like a good decision, but, you know, it's just another press conference that's gone from E3, at least for this year, which is disappointing. Um, and I don't know if this is indicative of a larger trend or what, but uh, Dakota, do you have any thoughts on this? Do you, does this, like, matter to you at all? Does EA not having a pre press conference matter to you at all? It matters in the sense that, like, for the future of E3, but I mean, for EA itself, it's probably a better move, because no one's a fan of EA. Hey, I, I have been an EA stand for, like, a year on this podcast. Uh, you keep true. rooting for their comeback, and they fail you every single time. Every you know time you're else? like, this is it. Me. Yeah, I get it. Okay. We, we can stop that discussion there, Okay. Capcom wow. failed Marcos for years and years. Okay, hold up. You're putting words into my mouth. <laughs> when have they ever failed me? I don't know. Exactly. Devil okay. May Cry, the remake, the reboot. It's a good game, bad Devil May Cry game. And that also wasn't Capcom. That was Naughty Dog, or uh, what do they call it? Ninja Naughty Theory. Dog, was it? Oh, it was Ninja, Ninja Theory. Theory. Huh? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Didn't my Capcom publish it, though? Uh, their name was, they didn't, like, shut up, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't okay. it wasn't the actual devil may cry team we're gonna talk about that in a little bit anyway so i blake do you have any thoughts about ea skipping on e3 i know like i don't i know you probably watched the last e3 but i like i have a long history of e3s so it, it's like this feels sucky to me but it, as somebody who hasn't really watched a whole lot of e3s over the years what does this mean anything to you blake it's funny you asked me because I t literally today watched Sony's. This is odd. The 2016 one, which like I someone mentioned the God of War. That's the about, really good one, right? Yeah, With that the, one, the orchestra and everything. Yeah, yeah, it was phenomenal. And I, I was I came there just to watch the opening God of War segment and then ended up staying for the whole like hour long thing. And um, 
that said, I really do enjoy E3. I'm worried that EA leaving is weakening the event even further than it already has been since the Sony announcement. But at the end of the day, I two thumbs down on EA as a company, so <laughs> don't care. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, I do want to say that one thing that was kind of fun was that Digital De- uh, Devolver announced that they are Devolver Digital. I always get this backwards. Confirm that they will be at E3. They're the same ones that have like the blood and guts press conference. It's really like orchestrated and scripted, but it's super fun every single year. They do you remember that Joseph Ferris uh, interview with <laughs> Keeley at the Video Game Awards where he just like blasted the, the Oscars? Who could forget? Yeah, that's kind of like what the Devolver Digital press conferences are. <laughs> They're just like in your face, loud and not afraid to uh, offend a little bit. So that's that's fun. Hopefully, I'm really, really hopeful that what's going to happen is Microsoft and Nintendo put on a show this year, and maybe Bethesda, if they're there, put on a show and make everybody else regret that they weren't there. (laughs) So in 2020, (laughs) we're back to normal. That's my hope. I don't know that it's going to happen. It seems like Sean Layden, who's the Sony president, just really hates E3 for some reason. Like, it. Every interview I see with him just makes it seem like he hates E3. So I'm not like counting on them being back, but it would be fun if at least we had like one last go of it in 2020. But I'm I don't know. We'll see. So I did want to talk about Capcom. Marcos, yeah, Devil May Cry Five nailed an uh, I think it was like an 88 on Open Critic, which is great, and it sort of just cements Capcom's comeback into the hearts of the video game public. I, I know you've been with capcom through thick and thin but does this does this mean anything to you like just it, it feels good for capcom like they're yeah, they, yeah just it feels, feels good. it feels great it's a fantastic game on its own but yeah knowing that capcom is hitting a home run i think three times in a row is that right, right? Yeah, yeah well at least three times in a row unless yeah. you count Mega Man as not a hit which i probably would i love Mega Man a lot i, I forget so. about Mega Man. i'm terrible yeah, yeah not a true right. capcom fan <laughs> i mean i'm not a true Mega Man fan I, yes. I guess i should say yeah i played Mega Man x i played like three of the Mega Man original titles i guess oh yeah i was with you that night when you just yeah. kind of like mowed through some Mega Man stuff yeah so yeah this is just one of this is my favorite news story from this week this is the one i picked out and was Okay, I just I love that Capcom's doing well. Blake, do you have any regard for Capcom as a company? Is there anything in particular that you really like from them? No, nothing in particular. Um, there's a brand of childhood nostalgia that's attached to Capcom in the same way like Sega or Nintendo kind of has. Right. But um, I don't have any specific franchise that I'm like in allegiance with. It would have just sucked to see them collapse. Like I think that would have just sucked. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you forget 2008 Capcom. That was the year it all went. That was kind of before my time, like, in following games. So what happened in 2008? 2008 had games like Street Fighter Cross Tekken, Capcom, Fighting All-Stars. It had, I think, one of the Monster Hunters that went on the PSP that nobody touched. Oh, boy. Um, I think Dino Crisis tried to... Oh, yeah, I forgot about Dino Crisis. Yeah, there was some some stink. 2008 was uh, when Capcom took a big break from fighting games. And it that wasn't was until that was their rock bottom. Yeah, it it hurt. It yeah. hurt a lot because wasn't I didn't get a Capcom's fighting game for four years. Wow. Yeah. No Street Fighter. Yeah, we had to wait for Street Fighter Four. 
Dakota, what do you think? Are you happy for Capcom? I don't follow Capcom or nothing, so I'm meh. Okay. Meh? You're, you're very meh on everything today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Halo, I don't care about Halo. I, I've got to I've gotta find something that'll strike some life into you today. She's I don't know what it'll the, be. Uh, fa- favorite games discussion. Then she goes okay. to a gush. Yeah, okay. that's, that's, that's what I'm holding out for, okay? Okay, yeah. fair enough. Let's Kinda take like a second. Breeze through. Dude, let's take a second to thank our uh, our Patreon sponsors. We'll uh, start with our new members this week. Wishing for Rain, Artemis, Blister Agent, and Ash to Smurf. We'll also give a little special shout out to our gold tier members and above, Matt Buchanan, Tina Jameson, Finks the Dragon Slayer, Draft Josh, Disney, Lover for Life, Sell You Her, X Creations, and Choco Chip Pancakes. You too can become a Patreon member for as little as $1 a month over at patreon.com slash epilepgaming. Included are a variety of rewards and perks. So check it out when you have the time. Next week, we're going to be starting a new little segment. It's very small, where our $25 members and above, which is our midnight tier, um, who we qualify as sponsors, will get to shout out anything that they want on the podcast. So if you're a midnight tier member and you're listening, I did put this out on the Patreon as well. Um, give us what you want to to shout out, whether it be your own business, Twitch stream, or even a charity. Um, we'll we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. So thanks for another month of support, everyone. We really appreciate it. We are past again the two hundred dollars stretch goal that we had set for the spy spoiler cast. Looking forward to that from Dakota. Okay, let's get on with our discussion this week. We get a lot of questions about what our favorite video games are. I guess we don't talk about our favorite games specifically so blake do you want to walk us through sort of the parameters that we have set up for today and in the discussion i know you were sort of the one who set it up for us and yeah uh, yeah so i'm really bad with favorites discussions when it comes to anything like someone asks you your favorite color and it's like it depends on the mood or the context <laughs> or the situation right and um it also is dependent on things like time, like how long are we talking here as far as favorites go? Are we talking desert island situation where you only have one thing forever? Or are you talk like it's just a my brain goes haywire. So I kind of came up with three things to, to lean on as far as parameters go. And the first was, are we talking about games that have resonated most with me um, in terms of how deeply they resonated and how long they have? Or are we talking about games that I've played just a lot of like hundreds of hours into something, even though that might not be this like super powerful game in my life. And then finally, are these like, are we talking about games that we've currently in the last couple of years been standout examples of just amazing games, like where they do everything and polish everything really well. Right. And so we're going to talk about all three of those things. We're going to go one by one. And uh, we're also going to talk about our favorite game that everyone else hates. So just as a little bonus, we'll get to that at the end. I'll start with you, Dakota. Uh, what, what's a game that resonated with you most deeply, perhaps like in a, a long lasting way, a game that you think about all the time and you're just like, man, that game was pure genius. Maybe it's something like we should leave this one for last. You want to yeah, like, that. That's like the, that would be the overall, like our number one favorite game. That's going to be the top. So? Agreed. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. For me, it is. If really? the panel, if the panel agrees, then I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Yeah, sure. Mine's weird. Okay. Well, we'll save that for last. Um, so then let's move to which game we've played the most of. But just like simply, which game have we played the most of? Uh, Dakota, you can go ahead and kick us off here. I feel like this one's an obvious answer for me, but I'm... Well, Persona me... 5. <laughs> no. <laughs> God. God. 
please no. But let me just pop Steam open real quick and take a look at, oh, huh. Oh, I'm five hours away from 300 hours on Stardew Valley. Wow. So, so I think the, the easy one. answer is Stardew. I've sunk so much time. And not even when I'm not playing Stardew Valley, I literally just watch Stardew Valley videos. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't think you guys understand. Like, I like casually, I'm just watching crazy antics people do in Stardew Valley and, like, mods people make for the game. Yeah. So That sounds like your favorite game. You see what I mean? Like, that That's sounds like your game, favorite though. game. Okay. Even when we were right. going to do, like, a top three favorite games, that wasn't even on the list. It's okay. just like, I played a lot of. Interesting. Okay. Marcos, you next. Ooh. Uh, I think, like, just pure time-wise, it's Destiny 2. Yeah, you've put so much time into that game. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's between Destiny 2 and Street Fighter V, but I think Destiny 2 wins just by a bit. See, that's really interesting that both of you have recent examples. Like, I wonder if... I, I'm, gonna, I'm anxious about Blake's answer here because I feel <laughs> out of the loop for having something that was older. But, Blake, go ahead. All right, so I, I have no numbers on any of this, but I'm, I'm just going to spitball out there in terms of, like, how many days, how many hours, how many nights did I spend playing a specific game? Yeah. Um, it's somewhere between, like, classic Pokemon, like gold, silver, crystal sort of era. It's somewhere between that, RuneScape, classic RuneScape, and <laughs> Call of Duty World at War when I used to compete. So, like, oh, I have no idea, but some one of those three. One of those three. Got it. Yeah, I'm I'm tied probably between a, a few as well. Um, Civilization five, I put I, I don't know how many hours I have on Steam, but if if you connect five with uh, Civilization Revolution, which is kind of like a a, uh, a spin-off for the consoles, um, I probably that would be my answer. I've put more than five hundred hours into that as a whole. And then uh, that probably Halo three more so than halo two i think i've i i must have put 500 hours into that game and then ultimately i think the the real answer is probably pokemon gen 2 because not only have i beaten that game on my own like three to four times but as everyone or most people know i've done a nuzlocke run for crystal that i i tried it what 31 different times with about 10 of those going uh to the halfway point so it's not a short game either. Like no, it's uh, Crystal or Gold Silver is not a short experience. I think it usually clocks in at about forty hours. So if I were to say, I would I would say that's probably the real answer. Is I remember one playthrough where I got everything up to about a hundred level one hundred, like my whole party <laughs> for oh, no man. real reason, just did it. I wanted to put red on blast. I guess I I'm not sure. So that yeah, I'll, I'll stick with Gen Two then for for Pokemon. It, it it would be really close between all three of those. So let's move on to our next question. Uh, favorite game with like a recency bias attached. So like favorite game you played in the last few years that just kind of stands out to you as as being a close to perfect experience for you. Um, I'll start with Blake this time. Man, this is why it's tough is because I've played so many amazing games recently. Um. You know, in terms of games, like the recency bias attaches, like I'm still thinking about one day I'll probably go back and play it again. Like, yeah. and it, it won't be this just like routine exercise. It's just, I just want to immerse myself. Mm-hmm. And so, honestly, I think this is, I'll give you like my runner up and then I'll give you the real one. Um, sure. I feel like, 
Last Guardian is a game that I probably never want to play again, but every time, if I even hear the soundtrack, I start to cry. Like, it's insane. Amazing. Like that, yeah. that game just totally destroyed what I thought video games could do. <laughs> but um, as far as just kind of like a secretive favorite where every time I interact with it, I just get so much glee, the original season of Life is Strange, I think, sticks out. Interesting. Yeah, I like that answer. I would not... I. I would have assumed Breath of the Wild, which you just played, or you know, one of those other. But life is strange. Okay, yeah, I guess I could probably say the same about Walking Dead season one. I could, man. Yeah, yeah I mean that's a contender as well. But like I'm thinking within like pretty much. Yeah, that's since not I, even super recent, I guess. Since I joined Epilogue, as far as that I'm concerned, like Life is Strange is the first thing I wrote about because it was the most immediate example to me of like, holy crap, video games can do this. Right. Okay, uh, Marcos, you go ahead. Near Automata. Mm. You know what's crazy is I had that, I just changed that off of my list for a different game. Interesting. Marcos, what, what about this one uh, makes it such a great experience? The music is some of the best in any game. It, the, the way it's dynamic and the way it's, uses, it's used in the narrative is damn near phenomenal. And... It has the best ending sequence in any video game I've ever played. Interesting, considering I haven't gotten to the ending. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, that's a that's a big gaming sin of yours. Yeah, it is. Are I you talking about the like the actual like several endings in endings? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The so final, final, the true ending. Yeah. I need to get there myself. I. I it is frequently... an extremely emotional like thing. It's fantastic. Okay. I was bawling like a child. Oh. I just watched uh, Artemis play the end of Nier, the original Nier. And, I was watching uh, that too. Yeah, it's it, it seems like... It, honestly, the Dragon I... Dragon Guard is crazy, man. Dragon Guard is huge, apparently. Yeah, one thing that she mentioned while she was streaming it was that... Um, and this is... I, I should shout out her Twitch channel. Twitch.tv slash R-A-R-E, then T-T-E-E, and then Miss, M-I-S-S, which I... I think is uh i frequently make fun of it as being like our but um she was talking about how she didn't feel like enough games really dive into those sad endings like film does that all the time novels do that all the time where you just end and it's like oh my god all my favorite characters are dead and like i, I don't know what to make of myself now video games almost always end with some sort of uplifting and corny uh I I can't really think of a whole lot of examples recently. Like Last Guardian is pretty sad at the end, but um, most of the games we're talking about here have some sort of happy ending that doesn't necessarily fit the rest of the narrative. It seems like mm. Nier doesn't shy away from that. Dakota, what about you? Hmm. Like I mentioned before, my runner I'll say my runner up was also Near Automata. Like I literally like five minutes ago, I was like, you know what? Let me do this game instead and cross it off before Marcos even mentioned it. Um, just saying, that's a really good game that was mm -hmm. made recently. But mine, I changed mine to Night in the Woods. Nice. Ooh, okay. I Anything just, in particular about it? I feel like it's just a super overall relatable, uh, like a story where it's like you know, the all of these characters are young adults, probably like I would say, young twenty somethings. Um, one like went away to college and then dropped out and just came home, but her family sunk every penny they had to go to school for her to go to school 
And so all of these other characters, you know, you have one that's mad because it's like she wasted this opportunity. These other ones that are just working and trying to get out of a small town. And I think it's just a super relatable to at least my age, especially because what it came out two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, especially, I mean, even at 22, still relatable, but yeah, it's for as like a, you know, what's the word? Um, life. Coming of age. Coming of, yeah, there yeah. you go. Thank you. Yeah, it's just a super good, relatable coming of age story for this generation. There, there's also weirdly not a ton of coming of age in video games. That's my favorite genre. I love, uh, I, a lot of people call it slice of life in anime. So if you're not familiar, I, I don't know why there's a, there's a, like in film, you call it coming of age, novels coming of age in Building anime. Anime is different though. You, anime like, is weird, this man. Life. I feel like it's not. Anime is weird. <laughs> Some of them is coming of age, but some of it really is. It's just like they're just doing daily life stuff. Like it's not really a coming of age story. Got it. Got it. That makes more sense. But it can be. I actually can think of a handful of coming of age stories. Like it just depends on how you want to discuss coming of age. Like, are we talking the protagonist or just the actual Mm. plot and arc around? Well, I think there's a lot of like genre conventions to coming of age. So it couldn't be like classified as like Link growing older as like, you know, there needs to be some sort of life experience involved that is relatable, like Dakota was talking about. Um, yeah, less so than like a a growth from from teenager to adult, right? Like, I don't yeah. think that necessarily quantifies. You're can you're I, probably right. I could still name. There's still a few at least. Can I also say that Night in the Woods was on my original list as well, and I took it off. Wow. Okay. I yeah, that's one that mm-hmm. I bet a lot of people would not think of. I haven't played Night in the Woods. I've watched it, but Night in the Woods is so good. So good. So I I don't know that I have a perfect answer for this. I I am going to say Breath of the Wild. I just nice. I know that this is one that a lot of people will will take issue with. I'll probably get comments about it. That's okay. I for me Breath of the Wild was an experience that told me even when my brain isn't functioning in the same way that everybody else's is, I can it still gets the job done. I and I don't know how that like there there's nothing else for me there's no other video game there's no other medium i could not get that from a book i could not get that from a film that it was for me that was such a i don't want to say life-changing but like a brain-altering experience and there is like there are a lot of flaws listen i'm a huge legend of zelda fan um but i and i get that for me it was a perfect experience because it did something different and i i really enjoyed the things that it did different. So um, I use I it like as that. an example. Sorry, Marcos, what'd you say? No, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Good. So yeah, I, yeah I'll you. stick with that answer. I it took some, some thought because I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's any of that. I just, one of those experiences that for me really stands out is I, I will think about that for a long time. And recently as you know, that's what I want every game to do now. I want every game to bend the the genre conventions that we've been set up with and just innovate and move forward and not every game can do that but i'm so glad that breath of the wild did Mm. okay so uh can we still do favorite game that everyone else hates last or do we have to yeah yeah, yeah, that that's last yeah okay okay so then let's go back to our particularly deeper long-lasting experience uh i'm trying to do reverse order so if i remember correctly dakota you're up first this time oh am i oh yeah i think so oh goody I I feel like this game will come to a surprise as for most people, but I never shut up about this game whenever I can talk about it. 
But mine is Dishonored. Yeah. Mm. I feel like a lot of most people, because I'm a Stardew Valley, Animal Crossing, I'm that person that likes my good old casual games that I can just repetitively play Sims. But like Dishonored is, I went, I've like played it when I was like in high school initially, I think maybe. But it's still like, that's the only game. I don't ever go back and play games twice, but I've played that game so many times over and over. And it's just so good, and the story's so good. And it's just a really good game. Yeah, I love Dishonored too. I think about that game a lot. There's a, it's I the think, most underrated game. I, I don't know. I feel like Dishonored okay. 2 made it underrated because it wasn't when it came out. But Dishonored 2 getting sort of the. Dishonored the 2 average was a little reception. disappointing. Yeah, I think that kind of like people forget how impactful Dishonored was when it first came out. But. Uh, and it's Marcus. just like the it's a cho- I'm sorry, but it's no, just a make ahead. your own choice game. And it's like the way that it also like implemented the your choices matter is so different from any other game that I've really played. Um I think Undertale's the only one that does something similar where it's like who you kill, how many people you kill, like how you treat people. Like these are things that like actually like down the line it's like, oh, huh. If you save this it's- one guy, now there's a shop in town. For the rest of the game. Isn't it weird that Undertale gets all of that credit? Like, even though Dishonored came out first. Yeah. And it's even then the, um, like, you you have the, and it's not even, for a lot of these things, it's not even super, there's a bad ending, but it's, she just becomes kind of a tyrannical ruler. Good ending, she's like a peace, whatever, ruler. And that's the canonical ending. Yeah. Right. But the, like, so you could, like, kill all these bad dudes, like, that treated you or, you know, made your life awful, killed the Empress, like, no big deal. But it's, like, I feel like that's another, like, it's a story of growth because it's, like, you, you imagine how much effort, like, if you put yourself into the place of this guy's shoes and, like, to face the man that killed, like, your lover and also, like, the woman you served your life for, like, to face him and just have to walk away. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. just underratedly powerful. Marcos. What about you? I don't know if this counts, but uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> Six out of five. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to let it fly. I, I want an explanation. Um, I, why wasn't this the answer to your recency bias? Like, wh- what's the difference here? This is, this is for a video game that has made us feel a certain way, right? But it, uh, well, the we said impact. long. We did say long lasting, and it's hard to say that this well, is long lasting. This but game, I don't if you can anticipate this, it, yeah, I will never forget the way I felt when I was playing Kingdom Hearts Three. And I think that's kind of the case for a lot of people who waited as long as you did, right? Like there was just so much emotion built in already. Like we talk a no. lot about in-game experience, but what about the out-of-game experience of waiting for Kingdom Hearts and waiting and waiting and playing all of these different not spin-offs, but like, you know, sub 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 games. I don't know what people call them, but yeah, you know, also they're just more Kingdom Hearts games, but yeah, no video game has ever made me feel the way Kingdom Hearts 3 makes me feel. Okay. All right. I cried so many times. I <laughs> couldn't hold my controller half the time. That for five hours I was shaking. Uh, I love Kingdom Hearts. Do you, I'm gonna ask you to be honest with me. Do you think that was because of the experience in that, like anybody who 
not that anybody would, but it's a more normal experience for people like say if I played Kingdom Hearts three, um, not being like the big super fan that you are, or do you think it's built into you being a super fan that that experience was so powerful? And I it, almost feel like because Kingdom Hearts is a fan service game, it's that's pretty much it. Yeah. it Kingdom Hearts three gave me everything I wanted. It was the package that all of us hoped for and pined for for the meme is 13 years, but it pretty much felt like I waited 13 years to feel what I felt and I could cry again. Oh, I love that game. I'll, I'll trust your answer here then. Blake, what about you? Again, it's dicey when I'm trying to like number favorites, but there is one game that kind of just resonates with me. It's always comfortable to play. It's the right balance of everything I like in games. And that would be Jack and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy. Ooh. Nice. So I just played that recently. It's very good. It's yeah, it's definitely not a perfect game. It's not the biggest game in the world. It it's not like the most graphically, you know, talented sort of like it's just creative and it's it's got the when I say balance, I mean things like the mechanics, the things you have you're tasked with doing throughout the game, the story, the characters, kind of like the the dialogue. There's like a sense of humor, but a sense of seriousness. There's a sense of fantasy, but also a sense of kind of realism. And just I I loved how that game juggled itself. The sequel, the third, and so forth were good, but you know that one just forever shines in my heart. Okay. I, you know, it's interesting that I, I feel like I'm not nitpicking here, but when we set up this parameter, we did talk about deep or long lasting. And I feel like maybe Dakota's answer with this honored is, is a deep experience. I haven't played Kingdom Hearts 3, but I can say from my own experience, one and two were not deep experiences so much as they were really fun ones. Um, and I, I would say similarly, Blake, um, that, you know, your pick necessarily isn't necessarily like deep. But what I am picking up here is that they each had like profound effects on the three of you. Like personally, they mean something personally. And I, I think that's sort of unique to video games. That's um, what I, how I wanted to answer it is, is just to like, that's a very personal favorite to have. I, I doubt that very many people consider that their favorite game of all time. And yet I'm pretty proud to fully defend it. Um, I could have answered something like The Last Guardian where it, it actually did make a significant psychological change in me. But when I play Jack and Daxter, it brings me to a certain space that no other video game can or at least has. You that you just convinced me to change my answer. So I am going to pick Dark Souls then. And the reason <laughs> I am going to pick Dark Souls is because when I was... So most people don't know this story, but I guess it, it makes sense to contextualize it. Uh, when I was first starting to play video games, I was sorting by Metacritic scores to find which ones were the best to try out. And Dark Souls was uh, towards the top. And I played it for a couple hours and I, could, I didn't get anywhere. I w- At this point in my life, I was uh, pretty deeply depressed. I was going through a big transition process in my life. I just didn't know what to like. I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know I cared about playing video games. I was writing about them. I didn't know that I actually cared about them, but I was tr- I was putting it out in an effort to to care the same way I had cared about film growing up. And so I, I went back to it a little bit later because I was like, OK, there must be something here that I'm missing. Like this, I'm thinking to myself, this game is awful. It just doesn't control well. There's something 
annoying and clunky about it. And the game has got this like drab look to it and it's gross. I don't like it, but I came back. Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) that was my experience. So I think that when people say they don't like souls, I tend to be more understanding than a lot of souls fans, which is not the best fan base. I, I, I think that is an experience. A lot of people have sometimes that's even if you play through the whole game, maybe that's an experience you have. But for me, it was just those couple of hours and souls gave me a place. It, it gave me a place to disappear from myself. I just, I had no room in my brain to both play the game and care about real world things. It just, those two things didn't exist at once. I was either either a souls player. I was Ben Vollmer. And for me, when I'm, when I'm playing through souls, I, I just, it was the first and truest experience I've ever had of being immersed in something since maybe I read Harry Potter like that. It just gave me that feeling of I I'm in it. And, you know, if we're talking about deep experiences, I, I think souls does a lot of things that is particularly deep and they took a lot of chances. Video games have been really, really bad about handholding and dark souls is the opposite. Um, so for those people who don't, you know, hadn't liked that trend and I think video games are starting to get better about it. Uh, it's, it was really like a, a departure. And for me, I, I will never have that experience again in my life. It doesn't matter how many times I play through Dark Souls, which has been a lot. I just, I'll never have that first experience again. And it was, I just remember as soon as I was done, I was like, what do I do with my life? And so I just hit <laughs> the start new character button and I started a new character. I went right back into it. That feeling you described right at the end there, that like, what do I do with my life when you finish something is perhaps <laughs> the most satisfying and relatable feeling I've ever experienced when playing games. Yeah, it's amazing. I, you know, I, I don't think about it often, but games does that, I think, right up there with books. I rarely feel yeah. that way with movies, I, but books sometimes I it's there's something about it. I just want to get right back in. I'm sad that it's over. Quick so, follow up question. Yeah. You said you changed your answer at the last second. From what? That's a good question. So I the the game I originally was was going to pick here was Majora's Mask. Oh, uh, yeah. I but I just that. I I just don't think that it was. It, I I usually say that that's my favorite game, and I think that's probably true. But I didn't. Uh, it, it was a different feeling for me. Like it, you know, there was there was something magical about. Majora's Mask and that I could talk about it forever and ever and ever and ever. Like I could never stop talking about Majora's Mask. But so I, that it, it meant deep for me, but I don't know that like, hmm. it wasn't as affecting and you guys all brought up affecting answers. So I, I wanted to follow suit. Okay. Let's get to trivia. Oh, wait, no, no, no. We have yep, one last yep. thing. We have one last thing. Favorite game that everyone else hates. I almost skipped right over this and I was the one who added <laughs> it in the first place. Uh, Dakota, we'll let you go first here. Is there, do you have a favorite game that everyone else hates? Yeah, I do. All right. <laughs> There's the energy I've been looking for all podcasts. <laughs> I've been holding it in. I've been holding it because I know everyone's like, God. You already know it's coming, but it's Hot Full Boyfriend. All right. Yeah. yeah. There's the energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That felt good. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Yeah. We, we don't need to give a huge, huge explanation here. Marcos, uh, do you have a favorite game that everybody else hates? Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. 
<laughs> I feel like every the weird thing is we get these questions a lot, but I feel like you could probably take a guess from the things we talk about. Yeah, what our favorite games are because we these are things we bring up a lot. Blake, what Love about it. you? Anything by Quantic Dream. So Heavy Rain, hey. Beyond oh. Two Souls, Detroit Become yeah. Human, even Indigo Prophecy. I'll Ooh. fully defend all those as awesome works of art. And yet, every time I open Twitter, there's some people taking a dump on them. Makes yeah. me that's me. Uh, that's me. I saw, you, I saw you like a tweet the other day about some... Uh, I forget exactly what it was, but it was something ripping on David Cage. And I was like, poor Blake. Oh, <laughs> dude, there's like a 30% success rate with like how... Like, if I just, like, randomly scroll and then it just lands on the first random tweet, there's, like, 30% chance it's making fun of something David Cage had his hands in. And it's like, oh, man, I really love okay, these games. Okay, but Heavy Rain is such a good game, though. It's amazing. I love these games. So but, good. Not a bad I'm really glad. This, this has been such a joyous experience for me to, like, listen to you guys talk about games that you really like, even if other people don't like them. It's like, I don't know. I, I very much appreciate that about all of you. Dude, okay. I wrote that I wrote that like three thousand word piece on Beyond Two Souls, just literally defending it the, the entire time. Yeah, so, honestly, when I I'm first invested. played Beyond Two Souls, I didn't enjoy it, but now, like, I, of course, it was like when it first came out, and I was in high school because I I like the actiony bits of Heavy Rain, but then now it's like if I, I go back and I touch it again, I'm like, man, you know what? This is really good. This is why why did I ever dislike it in the first place? Yeah. I'm, I'm just not a fan so of those good. kinds of games. They're not for me. Yeah. That, well, that's fair. I, I think a lot of people who, and to, to Blake's defense, I think a lot of the same people who would say Life is Strange is really good or Telltale does really good stuff would simultaneously say that David Cage stuff sucks. And that's disappointing because for me, David Cage, not that I am the biggest fan, but there, David Cage has pushed that genre forward faster. He pioneered it. Yeah, I mean, in a way, I I think he ultimately is the one who is going to push that genre into a, okay, decisions actually have to matter because we're going to do it. We're going to make our decisions matter. So if the rest of you aren't, then your games will pale in comparison, right? If you're telling me Heavy Rain did not pioneer the make your own decisions, choose your outcomes games, I don't... I I don't know. What came first, Heavy Rain or Mass Effect? Ooh... Or Knights of the Old Republic, for that matter. Knights of oh, the Old that... Republic, for sure. Yeah. Kotor had. Bioware I... did this stuff. Like, they've yeah. made. I'm just saying. Yeah. David Cage pioneered it. it. That's, a, that's a larger discussion, of... I think. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think it's a question of, like, when, like, the year is that it first came out in terms. I think it's actually a better question of how influential was it on the industry. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Yes. I don't. I, I don't have a good answer for this. I hate this because I was the one who came up with the question. Um, <laughs> but the the game I'm going to talk about doesn't get nearly the same kind of hate. I I really like Rage. Uh, Rage oh. is getting a sequel, so something there's something there. Uh, Rage got received like poor reviews. So I will say I I know Marvel vs. Capcom didn't get great reviews, but the the rest of these games I think reviewed pretty well. I don't know about Hotoful actually. Or if anybody reviewed that game at all. Um, On but, it. <laughs> so, I'm looking. I'm looking. So uh, I, for me, that experience was Rage, where people really didn't like it. And there were so many mechanics in that game that I found really interesting. There was like a boomerang throw. The physics it, were really interesting. If you, you, know, you hit somebody in the knee, their leg would like, they'd start limping. Uh, if you hit them in the shoulder, they'd start like holding their arm. There was just interesting things about that game to me that I, I don't know. People 
didn't seem to take to in the same way that I did, where I was like, wow, I really appreciate what they tried to do here. It wasn't perfect. It's not a it's not a great game, but I there was something here. And I, I'm glad that they noticed that and decided to take it uh, to a sequel. Uh, you know, it'll be at least 10 years since the original Rage came out, but hmm. I'm glad we're getting mm-hmm. there. Do I'd we like have a fact check on the Hatoful? The Hatoful Boyfriend. It has a Steam review and an iTunes Apple review. All right. I don't <laughs> wow. know how that even happens. Steam review, 9 mm-hmm. out of 10. Wow. Okay. iTunes Apple, 4.7 out of 5. So, Ooh. I'm just Bullshit. saying. Bullshit. I, I'm Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to stand. I know. I know. This is, the, this is a time to talk about our favorite games, not what we think is bad. You know, Although, I legit thought you, see- you were going to put Dark Souls 2 as your... Uh... I could have, but I just said it answered with Dark Souls. So I, I, I like, legit thought you were going to say Dark Souls 2, and I was ready. You were ready. Yeah. I had pitchforks, like, clean. I mean, but that's the kind of same thing. Dark Souls 2 reviewed very well. Like, people don't acknowledge the fact that it was a well-received game when it came out. It's just, you know. It's a bad game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying how to play a good game. I'm surprised you guys didn't guess that I would pick Celeste. So. Uh, I well, didn't. I, I thought Celeste is the opposite. People though. love Celeste, I'm ki- though. I'm ki- no, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's move on to our trivia question this week. Uh, this, I think, I, I don't know if I just kept this from last week. I don't think we did a trivia question last week, right? I want to make sure we did We did the bet, right, last week? Uh, I don't Dakota. remember. Yeah. I, we did the Yoshi versus Assassin's Creed thing, right? Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, we, that's right. We, we didn't do a trivia, I think. I think that's So this, this question is from Trope 66. According to Wikipedia, using I did fact check this, just FYI. According to Wikipedia, using dynamic estimates from reliable sources, I laughed when I read this, using dynamic estimates from reliable sources to come to these numbers, which of the following games was not one of their best-selling video games? Uh, Now, they listed 50. So they listed 50, so top 50 selling video games. We have five of them. You've got to pick out which one was not on the list, okay? Not top gonna, 50. Not top 50. Yes, top 50. They, these are the top 50 selling games of all, of all time, according to Wikipedia. And we are guessing which ones are not in the top. Just the one. Just which okay. one is not. Okay. All right. So is it A, Duck Hunt on the NES? Was it B, Frogger on multiple uh, consoles? Was it C, Connect Adventures, available only on the Xbox 360? Was it D, The Last of Us, PlayStation 3 or 4? Or was it E, Halo 3, available on the Xbox 360? I'm going to start with you, Marcos, because you're in the lead still. Okay, repeat them again. Duck Hunt, Frogger, Connect Adventures, The Last of Us, or Halo 3? We're looking for what wasn't the best? What was not on the top 50 bestsellers? All right, I'll say Connect Adventures. Okay, Dakota? What were so you got Duck Hunt, Frogger, yep. Connect Adventures. Mm-hmm. What were the other ones? The Last of Us and then Halo Three. The Last of Us and then Halo Three. I'll go with Halo Three. Okay, Blake. Ah, uh, you both picked the two I was vacillating between. I'm gonna also go with Connect Adventures. Connect Adventures was surprisingly high up on the. Dang um, it. It, which is really weird. Most of these are like timeless, either timeless classics or available on several different consoles. So The Last of Us makes sense, right? Available on play, PlayStation 3. It resells on PlayStation 4. Big hit. 
it's makes not total on sense. It. Game of the year. Last of Us, no, Last of Us was on it. So okay, the correct so answer was Halo Three. Dakota what? got it. Right. Yeah, really. Yep. No Halo game at all. And wow. the only thing I can think of, I I don't I don't have an answer for why this is. I did fact check it. Uh, I I don't have an answer as to why Halo because there's all of this data that shows that Halo was like the fastest selling console exclusive ever. And then you have The Last of Us, and I'm like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me unless you think of it counting both the PlayStation Three and PlayStation Four sales. Oh, right. So it kind of like yeah doubles down on it, which seems unfair but i did make sure to bring that up so <laughs> also for a future reference um this goes to anybody not saying that trope did this i i can't remember but i i did notice that this was in alphabetical order so i had to mix it up a little bit i almost didn't catch that because otherwise it would have been duck hunt then frogger then the last of us and then connect adventures and then halo 3 which was not on the list so almost was like in perfect order where if you could have deduced um, from the list wow. order that what was the correct answer so anyway that was um i'm looking at this now and i'm, I'm i wrote down the list and you did read it yep. off in alphabetical order i did okay. yes d f k l and then h at the end h becomes before k oh this is this is a real list no i just took notes as he was writing it down so oh, DK, have... oh. You're, you're right yeah so i didn't change it i just so noticed if i was paying attention for that order that could have given it away but it wasn't yeah. <laughs> yeah. i was too i noticed that beforehand and i was like oh i should change this weird yeah so uh, anyway it, it could totally be a coincidence i don't know but that's not the first time i've noticed when we get submissions i i just need to change them if i see that <laughs> I, just, I mean none I'm, of us caught it so yeah you're good. yeah uh just an interesting thing so where for next time yeah thanks for the questions we are running out i have a few questions left um but we're running out so send us send us a few more um we we take them from Patreon members and non-Patreon members alike. So uh, just you can send them to me on Twitter. That's usually how people send them. Or you can send them uh, via email. Sometimes people send it there. Or through the website at uh, epiloggaming.com. Okay, so let's talk about where everybody can find us this week. Um, let's start with Blake. Um, well, I am on Twitter at ludonarrativefm. That's where I'm most active, usually posting all kinds of random things about video games. God knows what all I post. But um, very active on there. That's probably the best place to find me. Uh, otherwise, twitch.tv slash ludofm. Okay. Dakota? You can find me at Twitter at Spygina. <laughs> With two A's. I did check last week. China. Uh... An undisclosable undis- amount of A's. Okay, <laughs> Marcus. All right. Yo, Marcus Carmona is TwinkiePie37 on Twitter. That's uh, the only place you can reach me. Okay. Um, at Benjamin Plays on Twitter or Benjamin10 on Twitch. Uh, I, Blake, I, I did want to bring this up before we left off. That when I saw all of those comments liking the anti David Cage ones, I I now <laughs> like to imagine that Preston, in like out of spite, is going and liking all these David Cage tweets. We think they're coming from you. Oh, there is a, there's like a random possibility, probably like a five to ten percent possibility that if you see some activity on that Twitter account, it's from him. So yeah, okay. Like if if you call myself an old man and a Halo fan, that's definitely not me. I should I should also say because uh, this account doesn't get like nearly the same kind of love as personal accounts but we do have an epilogue games twitter account so you can also check us out there we are not very fun we just repost stuff from our website but i could uh, be fun i just don't know what 
like I have what the boundaries are, man. Yeah, yeah I we, don't know. I don't know. We, we haven't discussed boundaries, so uh, for now it's boring. But maybe in the future we'll. That's why you uh, should follow. Yeah, we I'm recently uh, dropped the uh, Toe Jam and Earl three and out that uh, we did. Yes, yeah. thanks for shouting that out. And we also yeah. have a marathon coming up. Which marathon? Uh, Forty-eight hours long. We, it it features all of us except Marcos because I don't know why, but he just wouldn't stream. I mean, like, if you really want me to stream, I can do, like, a quick, like, hour or two of me playing a fighting game for a bit. (laughs) Like, me playing games is usually I'm online with somebody else, like, with my other friends, or I'm just in the lab on a fighting game. Okay. Well, you can find the rest of us starting on Friday. I think Blake's kicking us off Friday. Uh, Yeah. And he's going to, you're closing the show as well on Sunday. Indeed. Yep, so you and you can find me. I, I'm not sure what I'll be streaming, but I've been taking a little time off casting. I'll be back this week. Dakota, I think we can find you there as well. Um so yep. I will yeah. the only night I'm going is Friday night. Cool. But we'll we'll be going for forty eight hours I'm, straight. So it's a yep. nonstop train of streams. So check us out. And uh, as always, thank you for listening. We really appreciate you and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Take care, everyone. Woo. Yeehaw! Nerds.